The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Nancy Alston-Jackson. And I'm Shannon Penrod, and thrilled and happy to be here with you, my friends. Good morning, Shannon. Uh, are you are you getting into the spirit at all of the season? Well, I've gotten most of my Christmas shopping done, but we don't have a tree yet. We've been debating over fake versus real. Ah, and, and where does it feel like it's leaning? It's leaning towards fake. Yeah, well, I'm, artificial, I'm a artificial is a better word than fake, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, for me, it's like, are, it's, it's still the same pig. Are you putting lipstick on it? But I am, uh, you know, a person who's all about the artificial fake, uh, not real Christmas tree. Um, I'm, I'm all about that. Have, have been, you know, I remember the first Christmas that my family decided to do an artificial tree and I was heartbroken because I thought, Oh, you, you know, there are benefits to the real tree. You don't have the smell, but that one Christmas, I, I, I was set. I only ever wanted to do a, a fake tree. And then once after in the years in between, when I was in college and graduate school, I lived in New York city and I had a roommate who insisted that we have a real Christmas tree. And, and I said, really, are you sure? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, safety things. And she was like, yep, yep, yep. And the tree caught on fire. And that was it for me. Wow. That was the end of that for me. I've never had a real tree. Won't do a real tree. Can't, can't be talked into it. Won't do it. Well, they're, um, but I, echo, they're not echo friendly. That's for sure. Well, and, um, and you do have to be careful, uh, you know, that you keep them watered and that they don't, and even then sometimes they get dried out. You gotta, you gotta use caution and, uh, but they sure smell good. Let's they smell say good, that. But they shed like crazy and getting rid of yes. them is a mess and what to do yep. with them. There's definitely a lot of pros and cons. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, what I have right now is the Christmas tree of my dreams, um, that was essentially given to me by another autism mom who desperately wanted someone to, it's a ginormous tree. Mm. I always wanted to have that big tree that they feature in all the Hallmark movies that is just insane and, and prelit. And, um, and there was an autism mom who was, you know, giving one away. I, I call it my two bottle of wine tree because I, I said to her, you have to let me give you something for it. And she said, get me a bottle of wine. So I got her two bottles of wine. I call it my two bottle of wine tree. Um, I love it so much. It's ridiculous. Um, it's just big and crazy and cost me two bottles of wine. Makes nice. me so happy. Um, so I, I hope there's a, a two bottle <clears throat> of wine tree in the future or whatever it is that you have to trade for it. Cause it does, it makes me happy. Um, so, and I do think that the holidays are about finding peace and happiness and not necessarily about spending money, but about finding peace and happiness. And, and the fact that that the tree of my dreams, uh, you know, I, somebody gave it to me is a very happy thing for me. Um, so, and that it was another autism mom who said, you'd be helping me because she was downsizing. And she said, 
nobody wants this tree, which I can't even believe. Um, it's big. Uh, and it's and it stores, you have to have a big space in which to store it. But I have a big garage. So, you know, it worked out well. Uh, but anyway, Nancy, we're here and we've got people who are watching. And we hope that you guys will write into the chat and tell us what's going on with you guys. Amanda's already given us her blue heart. So that that's like my trigger to get started. We want to remind you that we're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about 12 other sites. We will also podcast this show in just a couple of hours. It'll be available wherever you get your podcasts. It's a free download. We are the number one rated show for autism uh, worldwide, which is so exciting. And that's all thanks to you guys. Believe me, we're so appreciative. Um, and Nancy and I've got a big show for you. We've got a lot of stuff we got to squeeze in here, Nancy. We've got a wonderful guest. Vince Redmond is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about toys and the parent recommended toys. Plus, we've got a lot of news to cover. It's a lot. You think we're going to make it? I think we're going to make it. <laughs> okay. Uh, where would... Start with the news stories? Yes. And as you know, I, right before we came on the air, I had something catastrophic happen uh, with my computer. And so uh, I see that my news stories, let's see if I can locate them. But why don't you launch into the first one and I'll follow closely behind you. The first one is... Uh, a concerning a book um, that has come out uh, from a autism mom and it's called Visible Spectrum. And what she has done is she has uh, photographed uh, kids on the spectrum and um, in order to shed light on autism, and um, apparently it's really portraits, visible spectrum, portraits from the world of autism. And the photographer's name is um, Mary Barrage. Yeah. Um, um, and there, I've seen some of these portraits and they're really beautiful. They are beautiful. What this brought up for me, do you remember a few years ago, was really right after we went on the air, when... Um, we sort of took issue with uh, 50 Cent um, because there was, not to dredge all that up, but there was a comment um, that he had made. Uh, he got into it with a, with uh, somebody on his Twitter and then um, he made some disparaging comments. But one of the ones was that he said, you look, I'm going to paraphrase here. It wasn't exactly this. But he, uh, the, the inference was that he was saying to the person, you look like you're a person on the spectrum. And he was saying it in a derogatory way. And one of the things that a lot of people in the community, including Holly Robinson, Pete came on the air with us and talked about it and said, first of all, let's, let's, let's remember that autism is not something that is visible to the naked eye. It doesn't have characteristics. You can't, you can't tell by someone their facial, facial, facial features what autism looks like. But there are behaviors that happen that we um, walk around in the world and we'll recognize, well, that's a behavior that's on the spectrum. It doesn't mean you're giving somebody a diagnosis, but we see behaviors. And I think it's important that, you know, one of the things that I love about this photographer is she said it's, it's this thing about being seen for who you are. And that's really what any good photographer does. If you think about the great photographers who are portrait artists, they take a picture of someone and within that picture, they encapsulate a piece of that person that is so recognizable 
that, you know, there's something about it that speaks to all of us. That's what I see in these pictures, Nancy, is that we're not trying to say that, um, that you can recognize autism by looking at it, but for instance, she will so she will show someone um, holding, you know, the 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 thing that they let that is their sensory um, input, that, uh, a blanket that they love to touch, or just you you get to see the person in the picture. So um, Amanda says she remembers us covering the fifty cent thing. So I think it's a really remarkable endeavor. I think the, the photos are beautiful and it is available now uh, for purchase, visible autism, um, but not not in the respect of, uh, you know, trying visible, to recognize Visible it. spectrum, Shannon. Visible spectrum. Thank you. Visible spectrum, portraits from the world of autism. Thank you that that's what it is. Um, so take a look at that, at, you, you know, at your local bookstore or your local bookseller. There's a picture that I'm looking at that's, that's a young woman and she's just got this fluffy thing up against her face and you can only see one eye poking out, but it's a beautiful portrait of her and who she is and, and how she relates to this item. I think it speaks volumes. That's what good photography is. I, um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, moving on. Now I've lost my stories. Oh dear. Well, that's okay. I'm here. I've got mine now. From Spectrum News, who we love and respect, um, we covered this a little bit on Wednesday that uh, for the first time there is, the Landsat Commission is asking for and recommending, uh, there's a set of suggestions that have come from them and, and one of which, which has gotten a lot of information um, or a lot of, you know, people talking about it. Um, attention is the word that I'm looking at. A lot of attention is this commission asking for a new designation for autism um, that would be, um, that would describe a group of people who are greatly affected by autism. The, um, the wording for it, I, I, I don't know whether, like, it seems like some people are taking issue with this and, and, and we've talked about this a little bit. In fact, we talked about it with Temple Grandin the last time she was on the show. Uh, and she was saying, of course, it's, it's important to have a designation to, so that we don't leave these folks behind. We're talking about people who have, and the designation that they're saying is profound autism. Profound. Um, exactly. Profound is the word. Um, hoping to not stigmatize that word, but you know how this goes. Um, but but people who are going to need 24 hours support and they're not going to need it for just a year, they might need it for their lifetime. Um, so that we, and we talked about this with Dr. Grampy Shan Wednesday, Nancy, that this is a real heartbreak that for some of these folks, there aren't services available that because of current insurance rules, um, insurance is, if you think about it, it makes a certain amount of sense. Insurance is saying, we're not going to pay a provider to do services when the need is profound. This individual needs to be hospitalized until they are stable. The problem with that is that, first of all, sometimes parents don't want to choose that severe of a method to put their children in a hospital. And second, there are no hospital settings that are readily available today. Right. Uh, 
there's a there's like a two year waiting list for most reputable hospitals that can deal with that level of autism because the need is so great. So what ends up happening is the insurance company says we're not going to pay the ABA provider to come in and do an intervention, and they say to the parent you got to get in a hospital and they can't for two years. So where does that leave the parent? Nowhere, Bill. Where does right. that leave the individual? Nowhere, Bill. And we're seeing you know tragedies happen as a result of that. So there also, there also is a problem with finding long-term residential care for these. Yes. Agencies. Once, once they're stabilized, yes, right. being able to live someplace where, because when you think about what it takes to give someone 24 hour care, there is, there can be no expectation that one person, especially an aging parent can do that. Not right. even two aging parents with three, you know, midlife siblings can do that. Um, yeah, I know yeah. of a case with a friend of ours, um, a friend of the show and of Act Today, that uh, she had to put her child in hospitalization for like two years because they couldn't find a suitable placement for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, this is a big problem. And coming up with a designation for profound autism is just one aspect of what needs to happen in this area, but at least it would acknowledge and give us all a way to talk about it and the medical profession a way to talk about it because hopefully services, uh, more services would, would come. Uh, there are people arguing on the other side that they think that it, it could harm existing services for people that are there. I understand that argument, but I think that bright minds can word this in a way that it won't. Um, will they? We'll have to be diligent and stay on them to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we talked about it here and talked about it with you, uh, Nancy. So um, our next story uh, comes to us. I don't know if you found your news yet. This comes yes, to us. I found it. The grace was on the gut. Yes. Yeah, and this comes yes, to us from which we've had these stories quite often. We had a story last week on the gut connection, saying yeah. there is no gut connection, which we were yeah. many we like no. with. Yeah, um, but this comes to us from genetic engineering and biotechnology news. Now, I will tell you that this was not the only place that was covering, but I just uh, loved their take on this. And, um, but if you guys put in, uh, the, the title of this article is autism linked immune problems are caused by maternal gut bacteria. If you put in autism and maternal gut bacteria, you'll see that a lot of news stories were covering it. This kind of artwork, beautiful, um, beautiful for such a really interesting and potentially problematic thing. Um, so this is a new study. It's based on mouse models, so we all have to take a little bit of a breath here. Um, but it comes to us from Harvard and uh, Harvard Medical School and MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, um, looking at uh, gut inflammation. And we've heard this story before that we, that that uh, people have postulated and thought that there was a link before to the maternal gut bacteria. It only makes sense to me, right? Does it to you as well? Yes, that there's a um, the, a link between the mother's gut microbiome and the offspring's immune system. That um, in the development of the fetus, 
the mother's gut biome alters the chromosome landscape in a subset of immune cells and it causes the change in immune development primes the offspring for inflammatory attacks of the gut after birth. Yeah, and I, I want us to like all give ourselves a hug here because I think sometimes we hear this and immediately we go to, oh, it's my fault. My fault. Right? And um, you can't go there. Like, you know, that that can't be where our heads go because there's that dog won't hunt. There's right. nothing there that will help us. What, what we have to be thinking about in the future, is there something that we can do that will help? Um, because otherwise, if we get all down on ourselves, first of all, you know, what, who is that going to help? It's past. It happened before. Did you know? Could, is there anything you could have done back then? No. I mean, I couldn't have. Right. Um, but but also we don't want to discourage this kind of research because if there's one thing that we can all agree on, it's that you'd like to be able to prevent this in the future. Um, so I'm going to ask everybody to give it, give themselves a hug and not get mired down in the blame part of this. But it is interesting. And I think that not only will we find out more about how autism begins, which has really been the question on everybody's mind for many years, but that is going to help with other things uh, that we see, which leads us right into our next story, that when you find a drug that treats one thing, it helps to treat other things. And autism has been super important in, in helping in the development Autism research has helped in the development of drugs to help all kinds of things, including helping COVID. Uh, but now we are on the receiving end of uh, other research. That there is a, a rare drug right now that they're saying was not invented to help with autism. It was invented to help a very rare um, syndrome. It's called ADNP syndrome, Shannon. A rare genetic I, I, disease. I didn't know what the word was. A syndrome. Yeah, a, there we go. It's ADNP, which is a rare genetic disease that causes symptoms such as intellectual disability and autism spectrum disorder. And now they're saying that the drug uh, that has been used to treat these symptoms has other applications and um, may be able to treat a variety of symptoms associated with autism, intellectual abilities in Alzheimer's disease. Which, if you think about it, would be pretty amazing. Now, still uh, early days for this, um, but this comes to us, the study comes to us, we're, we're actually quoting an article in the Jerusalem Post, and it comes from Tel Aviv University. Uh, it's considered an orphan drug by the FDA, uh, meaning it's only used to treat that rare disease. Uh, and so as such, it is subject to separate regulations. I don't really even know all the pitfalls that come with that, but I can guarantee you it's going to take time for it to be looked at because of that. Um, but um, it's showing some promise. And, and that's a pretty exciting thing because in the past, Nancy, in all the years that we've been covering studies, have we ever, we've seen things that, that, showed promise for dealing with perseveration, anxiety, um, you know, all kinds of behavioral things. But I don't recall ever seeing a drug 
that said that it might help with intellectual disability. Do you? No, I, I don't recall seeing that either. Sorry. It's a pretty lofty statement. Um, yeah. But but if that were the case, uh, that would be a pretty exciting thing. Um, so we'll stay on this. We'll, we'll keep looking at this. And if you want to read more about it, go to the Jerusalem Post. And the name of the article is Drug for Rare Disease Could Treat Alzheimer's Autism Study Autism Symptoms Study. For those of you who have um, friends, relatives, loved ones who have Alzheimer's, um, you know, this could be very interesting for that as well. I I always think about you, Nancy, um, that there was a moment when Reed was, uh, he spent a brief period of time in a memory center that mostly only had Alzheimer patients while he was, um, you know, being treated. Yeah. And he didn't have, he didn't have those symptoms, but he was being taken care of there. But I remember standing in the lobby with you and you said, is it just me or do, does it seem like Alzheimer's and autism have a lot more to do with each other than anybody is talking about? Right. And I, I, re I remember thinking it was a really brilliant statement. And, and I was like, wow, Nancy, I never thought about that before. Don't hear anybody else talking about that. But you were like, I'm spending time here and seeing uh -huh. those people and they remind me of our kids. Right. Seem to have some of the same symptoms, just opposite ends of the lifespan. Yeah. And it, it has stayed with me, Nancy, um, as, as a uh, particularly brilliant moment of yours so, <laughs> uh, at a very hard time. Can we well, also say right. that? Um, so, uh, you know, pretty impressive, girl. Um, anyway, uh, so those are our news stories today. Some, some good, some interesting, some, hmm, uh, but we'll take them as they are. I, I see that our guest for today has arrived. Vince okay, Redmond great. Is, is going to be with us. And we know if you watch the show is, first of all, a lovely human being that we really adore. But he is also a licensed marriage and family therapist who has experience, many years experience, many decades experience working in the field of uh, behavior with autism as a behavior technician, as a supervisor, all of those things. Um, I thought I saw him. Did I not see him? He may not be here yet. Well, then we're just talking about Vince in, in a wonderful way. Um, but, but here's the thing about Vince. And since, since he's not here yet, we can talk about him. Um, you know, for many years when we were doing early intervention, Nancy, it was hard for me. And, um, I think that it was harder for us around the holidays. Uh, then life events happened around the holidays that I think are going to are going to be with us forever. I, I know that you share some of this as well, right? That you, you had some very difficult things happen in your life around the holidays. Um, it doesn't mean that the rest of the year there aren't difficult things that happen, but in either case, sometimes you need somebody to talk to. Yeah, and it's just, it can be a very loaded issue for us. It, it is in my family because it's been six years since my husband passed away and he passed away in January. So he was ill during his last Christmas and there are a lot of memories associated with that. And, uh, you know, the holidays just haven't been the same ever since. So that is a loaded issue for us. And a lot of people have issues at the holidays surrounding the loss of loved ones. Um, yeah. and for some people, the holidays are a very difficult time 
especially for those of us with kiddos on the spectrum. Some of our um, kids have issues with the holidays and gift giving can be uh, fraught with many problems and obstacles. We're going to talk about the toy guide today, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that our kids, I, one particular memory for me was Wyatt wanted Thomas the Tank Engine toys, and we were trying to phase him out of that to age appropriate. And everything on his list was Thomas the Tank Engine. And on Christmas morning, he didn't receive one Thomas toy, proceeded to go into a massive meltdown. And I said to my husband, my Christmas is ruined. Yeah. Um, and in, in trying to do the right thing. And, and for so many parents, we try to do the right thing. And it ends up being a very difficult adjustment. Right, Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, bless you, Nancy, for being such an amazing mom. And, and that was that was advice you were given by people who meant well and that are coming from a purely behavioral point of view. But I think it brings up an, an interesting point of discussion that, you know, for parents, it's really this tightrope of, okay, so I'm the parent, this is my child, but I, I don't know what to do with my child on this subject because I don't know autism, I'm not an expert, right? Um, and so you, of course, and we encourage you here on the show to bring in a team of experts to do good quality ABA, um, but a lot of times there's a, there's a struggle, like, you know, the team says you should do this and the parent says we should do this. And there's a little bit of a struggle mm-hmm. in, in years past. I was like, ah, about this, but now I, I feel, you know, I've, I've had the benefit of some really good, um, acceptance, commitment, therapy, training, um, that talks about when there's strife, it doesn't mean that the world is coming to an end. It means that there are two value sets that are trying to take up the same space. And right. if we look at what are the value sets, um, that it takes some of the emotion out of it. So the value set for you as a mom is that you want to have a happy, healthy Christmas and for your child to, you know, feel like it's this, you know, something wonderful happened to them, that magical thing, Right. And the value set for your team was this child is perseverating on only Thomas. And we, in order to get him to this place as a teenager and later as an adult, we want to get him interested in other things. But I, I think it's, you know, and so they're going to be very black and white about it. And you're going to be very black and white about it. But I would like to say as a parent, there's a, there's a mile and a half of gray in between. And I wish that we could go back in time because as your friend, I would have said to you, they mean well, but, you know, maybe it's one toy that he gets for Thomas, not right. none, because otherwise your Christmas would be spoiled. Right. And, and as we were saying before the show started, if you think about it, none of us get unlimited Christmases. There are a limited number of Christmases that you get. There are a limited number of Christmases when your kids are little. Um, and, and at different developmental stages where you can do things that you can't do later on. Um, so, um, I I think it's important for everybody to get something. Um, so I wish we could go back because I would have said to you, no, go back to them and say, how about if we do one Thomas toy and then we do one big boy train and then we do one other because I, I I would love to not have you crying on that Christmas. But I'm told that Vince is here now. So let's get him in the room so that we can talk about this stuff. 
There's Mr. Vince Redmond. Vince, we Hi, already man. said all these wonderful things about you, that you're a licensed marriage and family therapist, and that you've been working in the field of autism for decades, and that we love you, and that you're a voice of reason among all this. Um, so thank you for being with us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. Did you hear any of that conversation? I just heard the very end. I did the last two minutes in regards to having a preferred toy and a new toy. Right. Yeah. That Wyatt wanted, we were at the phase of phasing him out of Thomas the Tank Engine into age appropriate toys. And it was a Christmas when everything on his list was Thomas the Tank Engine. And um, going for the advice of the therapy team, I did not give him any Thomas toys. And he ended up tantruming, and it was a miserable morning for everyone. And, and I like what Shannon was saying. I mean, I think you need to, you know, cool turkey oftentimes isn't our best, our best approach, right? Because it's guaranteed we're going to have an emotional reaction you know, at some level. So I do like the idea of one, you know, either one for one or one for two, right? Okay. So, you know, one Thomas, you know, one Thomas toy, and then we're going to do two either big boy toys or educational toys or, you know, uh, new toys, right? We always want to make it a positive, right? This is something exciting. This is something new, something you're going to enjoy. And then we can also look at what are the traits that makes Thomas or makes, you know, whatever their, their most preferred toy most preferred. Why is it most preferred? So, well, some of it is familiarity, right? So they have familiarity to it in something that's comforting, something that's, that's predictable. But what are some of the other things? Do they like the train motions? Do they like the, the, the talking cartoons? Do they like the eyes? And we can look at those features and see if we can maybe look for other stimuli that or other toys, other new activities that might have a similar either sensory input or maybe similar uh, you know, preference that they would like as well. And then again, we slowly do the one for one and then a one for two and a one for three. And before you know it, one Thomas toy and you're getting three to four new new toys, new activities, new games. Um, and at that point, we're then now introducing a lot of new uh, and exciting, you know, toys, games and experiences for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Parker, well, I wish I could have a do-over of that holiday. Right. Before it's going to stay in my mind as a very but maybe nancy just like we were talking about the gut bacteria for the the mother it's always going to be with you you can't re-legislate it but having just talked about it right now maybe you saved a hundred mothers from thinking of it as a black and white issue to go back to their right. aba teams and not have that christmas that you had um, and maybe there's some peace to be had from that i'm going to uh -huh. hope that for you no, Absolutely, that's very well put. Because sometimes our our experiences will help others not experience that. And in the end, that's just you know that is a blessing and a silver lining. And I know that you're so good about that, Nancy, that you've allowed us all to learn from your experience what you. I know it doesn't fix it, but maybe there's some solace there. I do want to say that Parker wrote in and said, uh, he says, my dad died 12 years ago. It still sucks for me as bad now as then. Grief causes people to hate the holidays like I did. But sometimes shows, like for example, for me was Mr. Rogers. There's a place for kids shows, especially when you have a remembrance 
of specific loved ones. And first of all, we're, we're sending you virtual hugs, Parker. Uh, I posted just yesterday. I didn't, I, the last two weeks I've been a little weepy, a little emotional. I've said to my husband, I don't know what's wrong with me. And then yesterday on my Facebook, it came up that yesterday was the ninth anniversary of when my mom passed. Right. And I, as, I, your Facebook as, as soon as I saw that, it was like, oh, well, of course I have muscle memory. Right. This is a hard time. And as soon as I saw it, I was able to think of my mom with love and remember all the good Christmases that we had, not the one that was you know, like that. And, and I instantly felt lifted. I was like, Oh, that's why I've been, my bones have been dragging a little bit. Um, you know, so, but I, but I do, I had to think to myself, okay, so how can we turn that around and how can I be in, in good remembrance of my mom? How do I bring my mom with me every day? Um, but, but when I couldn't name it lastly, I couldn't, do anything about it because I was like, why am I just like, Bleh. why am I not excited about the holidays? Um, that's not a good way for me to be about the holidays, first of all, because I love the holidays, but it doesn't serve my memory of my mother either. My mother loved the holidays. If she were here, she would say, Don't you do that in my name? Don't you be all blah in my name? <laughs> what that's not for me, <laughs> you know? Right. So, I don't know, Vince. I do I do want to pause for a second here, though. We had some toy recommendations that we wanted to go over from the toy guide. The toy guide is live right now on autism-live.com. Click on the toy guide. You'll be able to see that there are categories that are sort of age range, although don't stick just to those. Um, but right now, we're, each category, each age category has 16 winners. And today we just thought we'd go over the three of us, the parent recommended winners um, and, and why parents might particularly like this toy for this age range. But then we're going to talk with Vince about some of the really hard things for parents that are attached to the toys, like what we were just saying with Nancy. When your kiddo likes a toy that's not age appropriate, it becomes an emotional thing for the caregivers. Um, so, and then there are other aspects too, but let's start with uh, the baby and toddler category. The winner of the parent recommendation, no surprise that this is a Fisher Price toy because uh, Fisher Price makes some pretty incredible toys. This is called the Busy Learning Bench. Um, and it's got a bunch of different uh, cause and effect things that you can do that make noise. You can work on colors, numbers, there's fine motor things to do. You can, you can turn screws, you can pound nails, uh, but like all good Fisher Price toys, it comes with a noise setting so it can be very quiet or you can allow it to be very loud. So uh, I, you guys are both parents. Uh, and Vince, you've worked with a lot of kiddos over the years. Uh, I, I can see why parents would have liked this toy. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Really oh, yeah. a great toy. It looks like it's got a lot of activities, uh, very rewarding activities. Um, just looks like a fantastic toy for a toddler or a baby. And absolutely. And for that age range, the developmentally, the cause and effect toys are the most stimulating for kids. Right. They yes. want the noise. They want the, 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 the lights and you know what they hear, what they visually can see. This is very stimulating for them. So I encourage families to let it be loud. Let them play with it. Let them enjoy, 
you know, the, the cause and effects part of it understood. Sometimes we might need to put that, you know, put that on a limit and turn it down <laughs> on some days, of course, for our own sanity. But yeah, developmentally, this is a, a fantastic toy for kids. A couple of years ago, we had a we had a toy from Fisher Price that was it was the number loving oven, and it talked. And we Fisher Price was so generous and gave us probably a hundred of them to give away at our sensitive Santa event. But at one point, there were like a hundred number loving ovens in my office while I was trying to work, and they would just periodically start talking to each other. And let me tell you, it was like I, I was living in Fisher Price crazydom. Um, it was 100 number 11 ovens all at once. I'll never forget it. All right, let's move on to our preschool winner for the parent recommendation in this year's uh, 20, 2021 Autism Live Toy and Gift Guide. It is from Casayols, and it is a gift pack of a really generous gift pack of their Picasso tiles uh, for building and sculpting. Uh, you know, my son was a little bit older than for the Picasso tiles, so I wasn't as familiar with them until a couple of years ago. But boy, I I was in a room where we set Picasso tiles down and everybody came over and played with these beautiful, beautiful, they're building blocks, but they look like stained glass. Uh, have you guys had the opportunity to play with Picasso tiles? No, I've never seen them, but they look incredibly colorful and fantastic. I got to say, this is something that my son would have liked. I got to say, I think it's something he'd still like. We put this Uh down in a room full of people that included, you know, babies, adults, uh, teenagers, everybody. These are great in a doctor's office because there aren't many things that are one size fits all, but everyone, all our adult volunteers at this event sat down and played with these toys. Vince, you probably have seen these before. Yeah, and they're great. I mean, and again, going back to what we were saying about the, uh, the the baby and toddler toys, these are very visually stimulating. They're actually very tactile stimulating too, because like you said, they're smooth. They look like stained glass. Some of them have different textures on them, and it gives them a good opportunity to to create. Right, this is kind of like your building blocks where doesn't matter what they're doing. They can put them together, make designs, make different color patterns in a a socially appropriate way, right? Uh, Our kids oftentimes like to make patterns, like to do things, but they might not be socially appropriate. This is a way to channel that desire to make patterns, to make different designs in a way that's not only uh, sensory stimulating for them, but in a way that's fun and and, uh, colorful at the same time. And Kira, I see all the comments that you're making. I, I so I so love everything that you're saying here. I want to say too that connects. Um, you know, like any other building toy, um, you know, it has a way that it goes together. But for some of the toys, like Duplos, you're working on you know some of the push and pull because there's a little bit of a energy thing that it takes for them to go together. And then when you get to Legos, it's that much more. And sometimes you have to use the little Lego separator to get them pulled apart. One of the things that we love about Picasso tiles is the entry point is very wide open. They, they, uh, I don't know whether it's magnetic technology, but they just put them close to each other and they connect and then you can pull them apart with very little force and they come apart. So it makes it very easy if you have somebody who's struggling with fine motor issues, 
it's not going to work on building the muscles, but they'll still get the reinforcer of being able to build because sometimes we don't, we want to get out of the way of that. Other times you want to work on it, but we really like the Picasso tiles. So moving on to our school age category, our winner here is Mel Science. These are kits that come in the mail and you can set it up to come every other month or every month. You can put um, an age range. You can put a science subject. Like if we want to, if they're really interested in chemistry or they're more interested in science, you can specify what you want. But these are really high level, interactive um, building kits that teach science at the same time. And they are, of the parents that have them, you guys, they are a fan favorite. If, if you guys have watched online any of the science experiments where you put, you know, you pour, I don't know whether it's soda or baking soda and the things, it, they're very visually gratifying. Um, this is part and parcel of what the Mel Science does with their Mel kids. Uh, I don't, if you guys had the opportunity to see any of the Mel advertisements on Facebook or anywhere online or talk to any parents that have, that have done this? No, I have not. But the, once again, this is a really great interactive toy. And Vince, have you seen them before? Are you aware of them? I have not. I'm not, but these are very similar to 3D puzzles, right? So it, it gives them opportunities for strategizing, putting things together, problem solving. And then, like you said, it has the, 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 the ability to have kind of a cause and effect in the end, right? Like, look at what it can do. I'm sure some of these kits have kind of like that end result where lights can turn on or, you know, there's kind of an eruption or noises. And it's very educational. This, you know, the more interactive they are with, the the kit the more they're going to learn right it's not you know our kids are usually very experiential learners right the more they can experience the more they're going to be able to learn so i think this is a great way to help some of those some of that science education learning as well i gotta be honest that most of the parents that recommended this this was a toy that was given to them a subscription that was given to the child by the grandparent this is a great gift for a grandparent to give because it doesn't show up just once you can have it show up every other month or every month the parents were saying that there's an excitement that comes around it coming in the mail that it's like oh the mel science kit is here you, you're never really sure what you're going to get and being able to open it up and look at there's a guide that comes with it that illustrates everything and that for the parents that the lessons around it were all mapped out for them and that it really ignited their children's minds to want to be involved in science and actually helped um with school so i i kind of love that uh now moving on functioning great for their academics you know it's a win-win there you go thank you vince um, I want to move on to the teen and tween category. Um, this one is a little controversial, you guys. I don't know if you've uh, seen these card games. This one is called Kids Against Maturity. This is and a this favorite. One... This is a favorite in our household, Janet. Really? You love this? Well, it comes with a little bit of an asterisk because we had parents that absolutely love this game and say it's a great way to get the teens to the table, great way to get them conversing, great ways to hear things that are going on in their lives and to open up the conversation. But I will tell you that many of them said to me that there are some cards that in their family, they didn't feel were appropriate for discussion. And so the caution, the cautionary statement is to first go through the cards take out the ones that you object to, 
because some of them are for significantly older kids. And if you feel it's not ready for that, you put them to the side. But so you've played this, Nancy. Tell us, tell us why, why it loves this. Why it loves this. We play it when people come over. Uh, when we have dinner parties, we often play it after dinner when there are guests here. I think it's taught Wyatt a lot about uh, humor oh, that he okay. didn't get before. There, there's things, there's also double meanings, uh, humor um, that he's been able to learn from this game. Wonderful. Vince, have you played this? There are many games that are similar to this, uh, like <laughs> yeah, Exploding Kittens. But I have played Cards Against Humanity, which is the adult, the adult version. Um, but I think knowing knowing the concepts behind that one, following what Nancy was saying, this is a great way to express humor. It's a great way to you know to express satire, um, as well as it does open up conversational topics about things that teens talk about right let's be we want them to talk about certain things i 100 percent agree with you know going through the cards and seeing you know what's age appropriate and what's not for your individual child but i do think these are great opportunities for social engagements questions and answers um, working on more of our complex social skills like satire and, and comedy humor but i think it's also fun because they're able to interact and have fun with each other Right, and talk about teen things that that they're experiencing. So I, I, I think I'm so happy that they made a a more teen appropriate version of this. Yes, but again, the asterisk goes yes. to the cards. Uh, okay, moving on to our adult category, uh, taking a, a much different look at this. What parents recommended in the adult category is a Watchminder three. This is a watch that allows you to set in um, a, a bunch of different prompts that will show up on the screen. It looks like any other watch, but at different times that you can have it vibrate or set an alarm. And, and then it prompts the individual to do certain things. So you can see on the, um, that you can pro program in to relax or just a prompt to say, slow down. If there's a particularly stressful time of day, um, uh, to, to help them to focus or, um, that it's time to go and you can program in, let's say, I mean, I was thinking about this because Jem is a freshman in college now, and it could, it could be programmed in to say, you know, it's time to leave for your next class and to say what, what the room is and the building is for the class. Um, now, obviously, you can do this kind of thing on a smartphone, um, but having it there on the wrist and having it, you know, I feel like this is a, an acceptable watch like any other um, person would wear, but that you can program, pro program in so many different things on the watch to give you, and it's nowhere near as expensive as getting an Apple watch. Uh, so what do you guys think? Yeah, it looks like a great alternative, as you said, to an Apple Watch. Yeah, the the Watchminders have been around for quite a, quite quite some time now, and I'm extremely fond of. And obviously, these were around before the smartwatches started coming out and before they were popular. The difference is these watches have a lot of different appointment uh, points that you can make, right? A lot of different reminders and different types of reminders that can be set throughout the day where most of our smartwatches, right, you know, are 
just you have your typical reminder, your typical alarm, one alarm, maybe two alarms type of thing. Um, but these ones are specifically made for individuals who need multiple reminders, multiple um, you know, uh, alerts and different kinds of alerts throughout the day. Either it be medical alerts, it be academic alerts, or it could be just like you said, your reminders, it's time to do homework. And these are wonderful. They've, they've been around for a long time, super successful. And with, with the, you know, the combination of with your, you know, your BCBA or your professionals that are working with your kids, you can really set up a very nice individual reminder program using the watch minders. Yeah, I was going to say this is a great um, activity to do with your therapist and then carry it over into um, yeah. outside of therapy. Great idea. Great idea. And then our last category um, is for the caregivers. We never want to leave the caregivers out. And in asking uh, parents what, what they thought caregivers would like, I was a little surprised. A lot of our, our caregiver gifts this year are gift cards, which makes great sense to me. But what is the gift card that they were asking for the most was an Apple gift card. And because they cited that there were so many, it's really versatile now, all the things you know, they could buy a game for their child um, to play on their phone or um, the caregiver's phone, that they, you know, could use it to download iTunes. There were so many different things that an Apple gift card would give them the ability to be able to do. Uh, I can't imagine anybody who wouldn't be happy with an Apple gift card. What about you guys? No, I think it's a great gift for anybody. Um, Apple has so many great products that are in demand, and um, I'm I'm going to consider this for my caregivers. There you go. There you go. I mean, and we have and we have a lot of gift cards on the gift on the caregiver, but this was the one that parents said. Vince, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What no, 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 it's okay. I was going to say for me, they would be useless because I don't have any Apple products. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you know, I think be be wise to know what your caregivers, you know, what what operating systems and phones and such that they have if they have yeah. samsung and you know your, your regular pcs maybe apple products aren't for are for them but like you said wide wing wide a range of opportunities with the apple gift cards for those who do have apple products they're, they're wonderful because it accesses not only all of their you know apple apps but also movies and music and, and other stuff that apple you know, offers. I would probably recommend the same for Amazon for those who don't have Apple products. You know, and you just made me think that part of the reason why, I, that I'd forgotten, part of the reason why they wanted the Apple gift card was so that they could watch certain programs that were available. The Apple, um, uh, I, yes, that there were Apple TV things that they wanted to be able to watch. Like, isn't it Ted Lasso that's on Apple TV? I think that might have been why they were saying first to me now. Um, so that that could very well be the reason why. Have you watched Ted Lasso, Vince? Yep. Because I, uh, I, I was going to say, you're Mr. Soccer. I would think that you would have watched that. Anyway, uh, we're big Ted Lasso fans around here in our household. So... Um, but, uh, okay. So that's, that's, those were the caregiver. Um, that was the caregiver. So those were the parent recommended, please check out all of the categories and, and all of the age ranges to see the toys. Cause we've got some amazing things. You will find that on the toy guide, there is a blurb that tells you about the toy. It tells you what award it won. It tells you about the toy. It tells you what we said about it. 
And then there is a link for you to be able to purchase the toy directly. We do not get any funding from that. Uh, we're, we're exploring how we can get funding from that. But at this point, we don't. It's just a service that you guys ask for. And Kira, I want to make sure you know you're not imposing by writing comments, and we love it. Kira says, I used to have something that was called Tower Blocks. They were plastic, 1968 era. I have no idea if they still exist, but that was one of my favorite toys. It's lining up the spices in the cabinet. And I love that. Uh, we have to remember that sometimes that's, you know, that's what somebody's happy joy place is, is lining up the spices on the cabinet. I recently got a pack of those uh, spice things that are magnets that go on the side of the refrigerator. And I, I, I've never been so excited to put spices on the side of the refrigerator. And both my husband and my son who act like they don't know about spices like they love that they're on the side of the refrigerator and they're visible now. It's funny what makes us happy, right? Right. Um, right. But keeping that in mind, Vince, we've only got a few minutes left, but I did want to talk with you today about, we've already talked about the emotions about when your child is liking a toy that you feel is, uh, or that someone has told you is not a age appropriate and how, how painful that can be. But I also would love it if you would take a minute and, and talk to, I remember when my son was little, I always said, I'm great with kids. I'm so, I'm you know the best aunt in the world and I can meet a kid and sit down and play with any kid. And then suddenly I had a child on the spectrum and all my bag of tricks of how to get a child to play he didn't see me that way. I was his mom and I, I, it was really hard for me to figure out how to play with him really hard. And it devastated me. And I hear this from parents all the time. They're like, I don't know how to play with my child and the emotion that is attached to that. There's first of all, there's the, okay, well, let's learn new skills, but the emotion attached to that. Did you ever feel that way, Nancy? Absolutely. You really hit, um, something that resonates with me. I had a really hard time playing with Wyatt. Um, he was so perseverative in his, uh, what he did, what activities he did, what toys he played with, and in his own world. And it was oftentimes hard to enter that world. Yeah. So what you got for us, Vince? Yeah, it, it is tough. I mean, I think every, every situation's a little bit different, but the, you had touched on learning new skills and how to separate out learning new skills from the, the the personal disappointment that we're not able to make those connections as easy as we might have with other kids. And those are very real feelings and we can't ignore them. We have to, to acknowledge them, acknowledge that they're there and, and know that our disappointment is more that we understand that there's, this is going to be a different road. This is a different route. This is not what we might have thought or it's not what we typically experience when we were growing up and as soon as we can accept that then we become the drivers again we become the okay so i'm gonna have using nancy's words i'm gonna have to get into his world now well how do i do that how do i learn skills to not only you know have him engage with me doing things that he enjoys but also how to slowly work him into other other you know uh, activities other experiences and lack of a better term moving him into our world right and this is where that collaboration with your your bcbas and your, your 
leaders is so important because they can help you learn the new skills and learn how to slowly teach him new, uh, more appropriate skills, right? How to use that perseveration and make it socially appropriate. How to use that sensory deficit that they're looking for, that sensory input they're looking for, and making that into a more appropriate game. Once we can do that, then together the child's happy because they're getting that, let's say, sensory input that they've been seeking. And now we start to feel more of a connection with our kids because we're able to provide and interact with them in an activity that's making them happy. And now we're happy too. That, 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 happiness creates you know a, a conditioned response with the child that when i do these activities and mom is here smiling with me this is a good thing right and yeah. we start to bond together yeah i sort of feel like it's like we have to leave expectation and judgment at the door um because I, as i look at us nancy you know older now and we sort you know this and you and you have said so eloquently that you went through this too but I look at your relationship with Wyatt and um, you guys have a language and a way with each other that is unlike anything else and it's absolutely beautiful to me and uh, you know I always used to say to you that uh, we often would talk at a certain time at night and you'd be puttering around the house and taking care of things maybe unloading the dishwasher or whatever and that Wyatt would be there painting and I don't know if it's still like this all the time but Wyatt would say to you, uh, what color is this? He would create a color on his canvas and he would say, what color is this? And then you guys would, you would say, hold on one second, Shannon. And you, you guys would have a discussion about what color and you'd say, well, that's more of a cornflower blue. And he would say, well, is it a, it is, is it an azure blue? And you'd say, no, it's the, and you would have this, this language of colors back and forth that I just thought was a beautiful dance. Mm. And I, and I know that, you know, that was probably not your expectation of what it was going to look like with you yeah. interacting with your son. Right. It right. is, it is no less beautiful. We definitely have our own language that has developed from his interests. And I've had to um, adjust to his world and his, his interest as opposed to what my expectations were. And I think Vince hit the nail on the head when he said we have to manage our expectations. Yeah. And for me, you know, I learned over the years that there are, that, that for my son, I like to talk with him and have these deep conversations. He's just not always interested or willing, but that when, if I'm there to pick up my son from an event, the minute that he leaves the event, there was a five minute window and he's talkative and he'll tell you everything that happened and he'll discuss it and he'll listen and whatever, but the window, you know, is closed five minutes later. And so I always fight to be in the car when he's picked up and people say, well, I don't, you don't have to leave home. I'll bring him home. And I go, no, 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 no. I got to be there for it. Um, and everybody thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's the window. I now know that about him. I'm going to fight to be there for that window. Um, and it's just the dance that we do. It wasn't what I expected, um, but I'll take it. I'll take right. that five minute window right. and I'll fit myself to it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes um, the five minute window is 15 minutes later, right? Where we want to anticipate asking, how was it? What did you do? What did you see? Right? We want that immediate uh, communication. And sometimes our kids need that time to just kind of process it's over, yeah. what happened, what did I enjoy? And then, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, sometimes our patience is necessary to just 
let them process. And then when they're ready, then start into, okay, we're home now. How was it? What did you see? And like you said, he, everyone's dance is a little bit different, but they're all beautiful. And when you find the dance and fit yourself to it, you'll find your happy place. And yeah. your happy place so flexibility is key. Flexibility is key. Is key. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, we're out of time, but I, I want to thank both of you for being here. And I want to thank all, oops, I'm having internet. Shannon, you froze. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're issues. Can you hear me? There she yeah. is. Okay. I had internet issues. So, uh, we're two hours away from going live with our sensitive Santa event. Tickets will be available. They're free tickets. There are a limited number. It's a drive-through event that's happening a week from Sunday at the Ed Asner Family Center. So we want to encourage you to go to an Eventbrite. You're um, looking for Autism Live, Sensitive Santa. You'll be able to find it. It will be live in two hours. The tickets will go fast. Uh, in the past, we've, we've they're free tickets, but you have to have them in order to attend the event. Um, and you have to put in how many children that you're bringing. We give toys to the children that are either on the spectrum or other special needs and all of their siblings, everyone. So if anybody is under the age of 18 or is considered, you tell us, if you're considered special needs, we will have a wrapped toy for them, but we have to have a count. So you now, must Santa, register. Shannon, I have a question. Is Santa going to be yeah. there? Santa is going to be there, but it's all going to be socially distanced. You'll stay in your car. Um, you'll, you'll be in a queue to come in. There's a half hour time slot that you'll be given that you can arrive anytime during that half hour, but you have to be on time, uh, for it all to go smoothly. You'll, there'll be a, a drive through fun visual experience. You will arrive at a station where you will pop your trunk. Toys will be put into your trunk and you will be able to see and wave at Santa, um, and take as many pictures as you want from your car. Although no one will be exiting their car. It will be all COVID safe. Um, but a, a wonderful opportunity, very sensory satisfying because you can control the temperature and, you know, whatever noise you're having in the car and everybody can wave to Santa. Santa will be there and will wave back. Mrs. Claus will be there as well, okay. as, as, along with a bunch of elves. In fact, one very big elf. So, uh, <laughs> it should be very fun. It's on the 19th of December, but... Uh, the tickets will go fast. If you want one, tell other people. It, it is uh, one ticket, one car load, and you can only register for one car load for yourself because you can only drive one car. Um, so <laughs> that's that's the way that's going to work. It's on Eventbrite, posting it on our Facebook as it goes live uh, so that you guys will have the link to go directly to it. I encourage you to get your tickets early. And make sure you come early so that you are within your window. We cannot guarantee a place if you arrive late. Uh, we'll be talking more about that on Monday, but we might be sold out on Monday. So take a look and see uh, when they go live. Thank you guys for Thank being you, here, Shannon. Vince and Nancy. If I don't see you before, Vince, happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. You two ladies have a great holidays. Be safe and enjoy your families. Okay. Thank you. And Nancy will be back with us next week for That's our last week. Let's Talk Autism before the holiday break. So yeah. much love to everyone. We'll be back next week. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye for now. Bye.